Outreach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me do this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they have for girls of my age. Today my guest is Heike O'Leary, who is the head of group marketing at Haynes Watts, a large firm that assists companies with all aspects of their business. Heike is also a keen golfer and a big supporter of the Reach Summits. Thanks for joining me today, Heike. Can we start by you telling us all a little about your career to date and how that lead, led you to Haynes Watts? Yes, so I came to the UK studying. I studied economics in Germany and then in Sweden, and then I finished my studies in London. Um, and I was very lucky in my very first job in a sales role. I actually got promoted six months into my job into a management position. Oh. And then in my second job with Citibank, I got promoted very quickly again. So at the age of 26, I managed a large department of over 50 people <laughs> and I was the youngest in the team. Um, and I think that set me up for sort of my career, because from then on, I've always sort of managed big departments and, and large teams. Um, but then my journey sort of got me into the world of big brands. I was lucky enough to work with Callaway Golf, uh, Adidas, Citibank, I already mentioned, and also Lucas. And all of these companies are big brands and are in the top three in their fields or their markets. And so there was always lots of pressure to um, succeed, I guess. Um, and I learned in that process that I like to chase. I don't like to be number one. I like to be chasing for number one, because yeah. when you are number one, you tend to look over your shoulder. Uh, whereas if you are the contender, then, you know, you are a little bit braver uh, because you've got more to gain than to lose. And so brand marketing, i.e. how you set up a brand, what people think when they hear your brand, what attributes they think of if you were a persona, what they would expect to um, experience when they hear that brand. That's what really got me excited. Um, I did a big job for Lucas, which is a, a car dealership group. Um, and that then over a couple of sort of uh, different areas led me into my current role because nobody does brand marketing, I think, for for professional services as well as retailers do. So it's a big challenge for me to bring everything that I've learned in retail, working with those huge brands, into a business advisory and accountancy firm because the majority of our customers or clients are actually people who own their own businesses, so restaurant owners, media owners. Um, so they they don't just they don't just have a job title; they actually own that business. It's their money, it's their heritage, it's their nest egg. Um, and so there are lots of challenges um, that we can discuss these these with these clients and help them find solutions. And that's really exciting. Um, you touched on your time at Lucas. Can we talk about um, that a little bit more? Um, I know that that can be a, quite a very uh, male environment. And are more women getting into the auto industry, do you think? Yes, definitely. I think we, we, we started to encourage it um, and hire women particularly into the dealerships because if you think about it, Grace, there's actually more female drivers than male drivers. If you check the numbers at the DVLA, there's more women registered as, as owners of cars than men because women tend to live a little bit longer and drive cars for a little bit longer. Um, I think the trick to get women into dealerships is for them not to think that they have to sell because actually people, when they come 
to dealerships already pretty much know what car they want. They need some reassurance. They need to make sure uh, that they've made the right choices and they need to trust the person that they're dealing with that they could get a good deal. So we try to tell women that if you've raised a family, you know, if you look after your your sort of elderly relatives, if you are good at listening and if you have some empathy, then you're perfect for that job. When you were at school, did you know what you wanted to do or be or did that happen later in life? <laughs> I still haven't quite completely figured it out. But no, I loved school. Um, and unlike the current system, when I went to school, we had to take all subjects to the end. So chemistry, physics, which I didn't like, I had to take right to the end. I couldn't <laughs> choose my subjects. And so I decided if I can't choose, I might as well be good at all of them. So I enjoy it and don't hate school. But uh, in terms of career choices, I, I wanted to be an actress. Then I wanted to be a judge because there was a great TV drama series where the judge could make all the right calls and Put all the baddies away. Um, I then wanted to be a translator for the diplomatic services, so oh. you could actually behind the scene try to figure out how to get the best deal done. Um, but then actually I studied something really boring. I started studying in my first degree business and economics uh, because I thought that would give me a wild field of opportunities later on. Um, yeah, and then I studied international business and law for my second degree. And for my third degree, uh, once my children were born uh, and they were premature twins, so I couldn't go back to school immediately, I then studied strategic marketing. Because I think when you go back as a mature student, it's much better for you to come, uh, apply the learning to the real world and some real scenarios. And I really enjoyed that. Well, I know you went to Harriet Watts University. How important do you think it actually is to go to university? I think, Grace, everybody is different. Uh, I have two, I have twin daughters. One loves the idea of going to university and the other one threads it because she's had quite enough of school. I think you need to find out what you're good at and I think there are some really good alternatives in terms of apprenticeships. I also think that you can go to school like I did as a mature student later on in life. Just because you didn't go immediately after school doesn't mean you can't do it later on. Um, but I, I loved it. I think, you know, it's it allows you critical thinking. You are freer than you are in school. Uh, you can choose, obviously, your subjects a bit more freer. But you also have lots of time for other things before you have to get into that sort of routine of earning a living, paying your rent and a mortgage and all of that. So I loved it. But it, it's not right for everyone. Obviously, we have all been hit by COVID. How have you had to deal with the COVID-19 issues? Oh, it was really tough for me, I have to be honest, because I actually changed jobs in between. So I left Lucas and then started looking for a new role and, and joined Haynes Watts in the middle of a lockdown. And if you can imagine, you join a new company, a new team and a completely new industry where you have no contacts and you have to do it all from home and all on Zoom. Uh, I found that really difficult. I'm sort of a touchy-feely person. I like to meet people. Um, and so to do it all on Zoom was quite tricky. But I guess at the same time, I think as long as you have a positive mental outlook, there's lots of other things you've gained. I've, I've gained far more time with my girls. I was always traveling. I was rarely at home during the week. And this time, you know, I was there to homework with them or discuss things with them. Um, I read a lot more than I, I read before. I take the dog for a walk every day. So she enjoys that. Um, and I talk a lot more to sort of the people at home. So I guess it's plus and, and minuses. I think as with all things in life, you need to find sort of the positives and then build on them. What dog do you have? I have an Irish setter. She's called Ruby and she's lovely. Oh, how long have you had her for? 
Uh, we've had her for six years now, um, but you know I haven't spent. I think I've spent more time with her in the last six years than I have in the last six uh, last six months than I have in the last six years. Uh, well, I can see a two big uh, bookcases full of books. Are you a keen reader? Yes, very keen reader. I usually read three or four books sort of at the same time. I mean, obviously not simultaneously. <laughs> I don't like sort of starting one book and finishing it completely. I like to sort of mix and match chapters because I always feel like one story then informs the other. So, yeah, I love reading. There's a lot of talk about pay equality generally. How well do you think women are catching up with men's salaries and getting those top jobs? Hmm. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. I think the sobering thought is that I think it's unlikely that I will see gender parity in my lifetime. And I probably think it's unlikely for your generation and my girls, too. Um, I read recently that the World Economic Forum uh, found that gender parity is probably not likely to be attained for another 100 years. And I guess the covid pandemic has actually set that clock back a little bit because it's the women who suffer the most uh, through having to work from home. Um, having said all of that, I, in the companies that I have worked in, there's definitely some really positive momentum and some good discussion. I think the thing that I have learned in all of this is that women and men have to talk together. Women alone cannot make, make a difference. It takes the man to understand why this is so important. When we look at social media, which I know plays a huge part in everyone's lives, um, what advice would you give girls, say, my age, about how to use it and not to use it? Ooh, yeah, I think I, I agree with you. It's a blessing and sort of a curse. Um, I think, first and foremost, social media is only social if everybody enjoys it. Yeah. And, and in order to enjoy it, it has to be safe. So I would advise everybody to have a private account so you can completely agree who's in your circle and who's not. I know it can be awkward if people are asking to join and then you, you have to decline it. But I think it's better to be to be um, honest up front. I also think you need to remember your own moral compass, because just because it's online and just because you can click a button so quickly doesn't mean it's right. So. Think of who is your go-to person. It could be your mum or it could be your cool aunt or it could be your granny or it could be a teacher that you admire. If you post something and you think they wouldn't think that's cool, then just don't do it because you will regret it later on. Um, I had a rule with my girls in when they became teenagers that they could be on social media, but only if I was allowed to follow them and they follow me so they know what I post and I know what, the, what they post. And the only other thing I would say is when it happens that a girl, for instance, trustingly sends a photo to somebody and they then put that online and that becomes sort of the big conversation in school. Don't blame the girl because all she did was trusting and maybe a bit naive. If the fault lies with the perpetrator who then actually publishes that photo against that person's wishes. And I think we often forget that you know, who's the victim in all of this and who is the actual perpetrator. The world is changing so much and so quickly. What do you think work for women what do you think work for women might look like in ten years' time? I think if you look if you look forward, it's going to be exciting and challenging because if you look at the generation of our parents, um I think some of them quite not unusually, you know, would stay with one company for most of their careers. I don't think that's going to happen going forward. I think we all have to be more flexible. You might, your generation might have to train more than once because if you work, work 40 or 50 years, changes will occur so quickly that what you learned in university 20 years ago may no longer apply. Um, 
I also think that work will become more multi-channel and multi-discipline, um, because if you think about it, most of the problems we have these days occur horizontally and no longer vert- vertically. Not one function or one science can actually solve issues if you think around things like sustainability or inclusion or the environment. It takes scientists from lots of different areas. So I think it's exciting as long as people uh, remain flexible. Have you had any mentors or have there been any business colleagues that you particularly admired? Yes, I've been very lucky in my career. I met some great people uh, through those different um, stations in my career and in some of those brands, mostly men, I have to say, and mostly very supportive um, of of the work that my team and I uh, did in those companies. And I also actually had a great mentor in Adidas. I actually had somebody, a a trained psychologist, who kind of helped me to overcome uh, things that I struggled with in the workplace, which is often people related is how you handle sort of certain characters or maybe people who who attack problems in a completely different way than you would. I think it's really good to to have role models and to look out for for people who handle certain situations well. I, for instance, learned very early on in my career that you can make unpopular decisions and still have some integrity as long as you're open and honest and transparent. But what I would say is when you have a chance to have a mentor, be open minded, be willing to learn, because they often tell you things you don't like to hear. But but in reality, progress comes from uncomfortable truths. So as long as you're willing to constantly improve yourself, a mentor can be super, super uh, supportive and helpful. Well, before we go, let's quickly return to golf, as I know that your daughter is also a very keen golfer. Do you have a favorite male or female golfer? Yes, so uh, that's true. I'm a keen golfer and we play golf as a family. But what always happens is I got my girls into golf when they were only seven. So they're now actually both better golfers than me and they call me a hacker. Um, so my favorite golfer of all time is Sebi, only because I was I was lucky enough to meet him uh, on several occasions when I worked for Callaway. But uh, my daughter in a couple of months is going to the United States on a golf scholarship. Oh. She's going to study uh, over um, in Arkansas, and she also got an academic scholarship. So I guess our favorite golfer at home are sort of the young female players like Lydia Ko and Nelly Korda. It's been great chatting with you today, Heike. Thank you so much, and I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their future. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcast as I talk to many more brilliant women. Thank you to our sponsors, Haynes Watts, more like Heike, and Levi Strauss for their amazing and continued support.